looking back, I remembered uh, like so many years ago when I'm in my primary years, there's this one time where I had a sudden crisis. So in our primary, we had our national exams. And you can choose whether you want to take that national exams or not. And I'm in Jakarta, by the way, Jakarta based. So in this national exams, if I take it, I can apply to any universities in Indonesia. But if I don't take it, uh, I can't apply to any universities in Indonesia. And because I was planning to study in Australia, so I was like, you know what? I don't need to take it. I'm fine. And my mother agreed with it. But suddenly, somehow, I don't understand my mom. But one month before the test, she was like, Jacob, you have to take the test. And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> uh, she asked me to take that. And I was really panicking because uh, the school provided courses like six months before our national exams. So I was panicking. And there was this one subject that I was panicking, which is math. I couldn't do math at all. So I was like, who can't do math? I know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I can't do math at all, and I was panicking. So uh, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And then my sister, uh, she's not here today. She's my older sister. She came up to me, and she offered a hand to study. She's a genius. And I just remembered somehow this one night where before the test, me and my sister, we studied all night for my math test. And luckily, I was able to pass it. But why did I share this story is because of what she did left a memorable impression for me. She offered her time, her energy to teach me math. And I believe that I was a frustrating student because I can't understand anything. But what I can see is that she has the heart of giving. She has a heart of giver. And I love today's topic, today's theme. It's because it's not about giving. Because everyone can give, everyone can give. But today we are talking about the attitude of the heart, which is the heart of giving. Usually when we talk about gifts, we think about Christmas or maybe money in Chinese New Year. Yay, Chinese New Year. I love Chinese New Year, mom. <laughs> Anyways, but today we are going to focus about the attitude of the heart, which is the heart of giving. And I'm going to give you a small spoiler to have the heart of giving. We only need to learn two things which is to love God and to love others. So today we are going to go right into the first point, which is we need to give our heart to God. To have an attitude of the heart of giving, to have a heart of giving, we first need to give our hearts to God. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Romans 12 verse 1, All right, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Now, maybe for some of us, when we read this verse, uh, there's a lot of confusing phrases like living sacrifice and stuff. And I believe that before we understand this verse, we need to go back to the Old Testament and see what does a sacrifice mean. So when we go back to the Old Testament, sacrifices was a big thing. It was a part of an offering that uh, they give. And if you see uh, maybe like the book of Leviticus, there's so many offerings to be given, like the burnt offerings, sin offerings, guilt offerings, and peace offerings. And sacrifices are all uh, in the book of the Old Testament. But one of the most common offering is called the burnt offerings. And why is it very common? Because it's done on a variety of occasions. And 
there's a lot of sacrifice going on in the burnt offering. So an example would be the offer, maybe, which, is, which, which would be me, Jacob. I would come to the priest, and I would bring uh, the required animal to be sacrificed. And then I would lay my hands on the animal, and I would slay that animal. And what does that mean when the, I slay that animal and the animal would be sacrificed? Well, it means that I have identified my sins with the animal, and then because of that, the animal has sacrificed uh, itself and forgave my sin. Well, this was in the Old Testament, all right? It provided a divine solution for man's fallen condition. But the thing is, it wasn't permanent. Once we sin again, we need to go back and offer that same offering and that the animal would be sacrificed again. Now, as we get to understand this, when we look at to the New Testament, we can see in Philippians 2, verse 5, through 11 that God or Jesus has fulfilled everything in the Old Testament. So I'm going to read Philippians 2 verse 5 through 11. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, through, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a serpent being born in the likeness of man. Now, this is the important verse. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He sacrificed himself on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, we can see that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He gave his all. He gave his all and sacrificed himself on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Now, I believe as Christians, we have to realize that this is good news. This is good news that all our sins has been forgiven. And now we can understand back to Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that we give our hearts because Jesus gave his heart first. And now we read Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy is all the things he did for us dying on that cross, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul is pushing this point, the Apostle Paul, that in view of God's mercy, what he did for us. Now today, let us give our all, our body, our soul, our mind for God because he gave his heart for us. You are bought by the blood of Christ. You are his and now he is yours. All right? And I love it because, you know, when we are passionate about something, I'm passionate about basketball. I love basketball. Uh, I watch the NBA. And you know, when people are in a basketball court or in a football court, and when they watch soccer matches, they would scream like, yeah, goal! And they would scream at players. They would get frustrated at the game. They are very passionate about those kinds of things. But now, when it comes to Jesus Christ, are we passionate? Are we giving our all to him, our passion, our zeal? him. Second Corinthians 5 chapter, uh, chapter 5 verse 14 through 15 says, 
For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. And those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. I love this verse because it reminds me that Jesus' death on the cross, his sacrifice, isn't only for the forgiveness of sin, but he intends us for us to die to our own selfishness so we can live selflessly for him. He was seeking a relationship with us. And so today, uh, as I review that, why should we give our hearts to the Lord? Well, because he first gave it to us. And now we are going to look, how do we give our hearts to the Lord? So let me know the what, the why, how should we live for God? Uh, before that, I was, I live uh, from a very young age in a Christian family where both of my parents are senior pastors. So I'm really glad that they taught me a lot of values and stuff. But to be honest, I'm sorry, Mom. But <laughs> to be honest, uh, behind their back, I was not really following their rules and the values that they taught me. And I actually became, uh, I personally realized that I became a serious Christian, uh, maybe on my late teens uh, before going to my 20s. And I just uh, think, I just saw that in my school years especially, that I was holding more of worldly values than godly values. When my parents doesn't know, shh, don't tell her, okay? <laughs> Anyways, uh, one area where I realized I was holding worldly values in the area of relationships, and maybe relationships in dating, all right? I'm a bit embarrassed to speak in front of my mom because I never tell her about my dating life, but I know secretly she knows about everything, right? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, I didn't have a strong biblical basis on what dating is. So when I go, uh, I treat relationships aimlessly on the basis of, oh, this is fun, this looks good, or maybe, oh, this is good right now, who cares about the future? And because of that, because I was holding these worldly values about dating, friendships, relationships, what ended up is being hurt. I hurt, each other, I hurt the people who is close to me and they hurt me too. And it took a long time for me to reconcile everything. Now, I have a question for all of us is, how different are we right now compared to the day before we knew Christ? Have we changed? Have we taken steps to become more like Christ? Or are we still having the same lifestyle as before we knew Christ? Because after Romans 12 verse 2, in Ro after Romans 12 verse 1, Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The simple thing is that we cannot follow what the world follows. We must follow what Jesus did on earth. So that means that our values need to be godly values. Our desires in, these, in this life needs to be godly desires. Our pleasures, we take pleasure in Christ, not the world. And especially our definition of success. Is it a worldly definition or is it a godly one, a biblical one? Because I believe that right now we live in a world where we are constantly exposed to worldly values from the stuff we watch, the music we listen, to the podcasts we listen, and even to the conversations we have with the people around us. 
And I remember that uh, I love watching TV shows, Netflix and stuff. But there are moments, there are times when I need to drop a show that I'm watching. Because I know like, oh, this is not biblical. This is teaching me worldly values. And it's not even one or two shows. There's countless shows that I drop because, you know, it's about the world. And, you know, sometimes I fail. Sometimes I keep continuing to watch those shows because maybe it's fun. But it's a learning process because when we read Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being transformed is not a one-time thing, but it's a continual thing. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 19 says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. What the world sees as valuable, God sees as foolishness. So today, let us transform our hearts, our minds continually, every day. This is how we give our hearts to the Lord. And one example I can give right now is to fill our hearts with the Word of God. This is very important. The Word of God is what keeps us going in this life. The more we read about the Word of God, the more we study it, the more we meditate on it, the more we apply it, the more our minds are renewed. So today, I would like to encourage every one of us to join Bible study. I know this church has Bible study. Join Bible study, study, meditate, and apply the Word of God into our life. I love this quote by Billy Graham. It says, most of all, the quote by Billy Graham. All right. Uh, oh, it's the next two slides after this. It says, most of all, let the Word of God fill you and renew your mind every day. When our minds are on Christ, Satan has little room to maneuver. When we give our hearts to God, we give our everything to Him, our time, our passions, our desires. So today, as we reflect on our life, when we come into situations, maybe on a financial crisis, what is our reaction? Do we come to Christ? Do we pray to Him? Or do we search for other opinions right, uh, first? When someone has hurt us with words or their actions, do we hold them in contempt and we refuse to forgive them? Or we pray for the power of God to come into our lives so we can forgive others? Or when we are very, very blessed in this life, what do we do with the resources we have? And when we are in our lowest, what do we do? Do we look up to God and give our everything to Him? So today, let us continually transform our life, renewing our mind by the Bible. Every day, reading the Bible, studying it, meditating on it. And we can also read Bible plans. I especially find Bible plans really helpful, especially in the morning, to keep uh, me going for the rest of the day. And this is, our, this is what I love, that our relationship with God doesn't stop only here. It doesn't stop with me spending time with God and just learning more about Him. But it is more than that, because to have a heart of giving, it is not enough to give our hearts to God, but we also need to give our hearts to others, the people around us. And I think this is something a bit more challenging because we know that God is loving, God cares about us, God wants to be with us. But it's not everyone in this world, right? Like people, they hurt us and sometimes we get frustrated with them. So how are we going to give our hearts to others? Uh, these past few months, I have gotten closer to a friend, a guy, 
and I wasn't really close with him. But to be honest, he tests my patience, right? Tests my patience because somehow uh, there's just times where he keeps asking for help and asking for help. And maybe the first few times I helped him with maybe his uh, college work or maybe with financial situations, but it got to the point where I find it frustrating. Like, why do you keep asking me for help? And I realized something when uh, in this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 7. It says, A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. What I learned is that I wasn't being a, I wasn't being a genuine giver from the heart. I helped my friend, my uh, my friend, because of a religious duty. Because I felt that as a Christian, I should help, which is all right, which is good, because God commands us to do it. But I wasn't doing it from the heart. I wasn't being genuine. I was just like, all right, let me help you, let me help you, till it gets to the point where it frustrates me. And I realized this when he came up to me uh, one time, face to face, and he just said, thank you. Thank you for everything you have done. Thank you for your help. And in that moment, I realized that everything I've been doing for him was actually on a based on a sense of religious duty and not on a genuine heart. And I felt guilty. I felt really guilty because I helped him because, oh, this is what the word of God says. But now... I want to learn to have a generous spirit and uh, to have a generous heart, a generous giving where it flows from the heart. All right? In Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 46, this, I believe, is an important verse, and it's pretty long, so I'm just going to read it to everyone here. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 36 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now, this comes the important part. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. To drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Wow. Oh, wow. The next verse says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, in the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. 
I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now this story talks about two groups of people. One where they were welcome to the kingdom of God and one where they were not welcome. And we could talk a lot about this verse. We could talk about eternity and stuff. But I just want to push the point on verse 40 where it says the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did, uh, you did for me. Jesus wants to make it clear to every one of us here that when we love others, we love him. When we give our hearts to others, we give our hearts to him. And that is our whole heart, our whole heart. So when we start to refuse giving our hearts to others, when we start to refuse to help others out of a genuine heart, we start to refuse glorifying him, to worship him, and to love him. So today, let's give our hearts to the people around us, to our enemies, to our friends, to our families, because Jesus gave his heart to us, all right? And this is some areas where what we can do to give ourselves to others. So the first thing is that we can start giving our hearts to others by giving forgiveness. Giving forgiveness. Colossians 3 verse 13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, as we look into our life, is there anyone in our lives that we haven't forgiven yet? Because I believe when we can forgive others, it is a step forward to genuine giving. I remember a time in school where I had a best friend. I had a really close friend, and somehow we got into a fight, and we stopped talking since then. Since maybe primary till we graduate, till we go into university, we didn't talk at all. We were like, we cut the bridge, we burned the bridge of friendship, we're never talking to each other again. And it always kept, uh, it's always stuck in the back of my heart where like, I couldn't forgive that guy. Like maybe it's my pride, maybe it's my ego, but I just couldn't forgive that guy. Until one day, he contacted me and said he wanted to meet up. So we decided to meet up at the church I was attending in Jakarta. And he just came uh, to me and he said, sorry, sorry for what I did six years ago. And uh, when he said that, I was just like, okay, I'm the one who learned about the Bible. I was the one who was thought about the Bible. I grew up in church and he was not, he didn't believe uh, in, in any religion. And he said, sorry first. And somehow, when he said sorry to me, and I forgave him, it's just that the burden in my heart, in my life, has been lifted up. And since then, we've been really close friends, and he's living in Singapore right now, and I can't wait to meet him in the next two days. And I just see that when we can forgive one another, we can see 
restoration happening in our lives. And right now, is there anyone in our life, maybe our family members, our parents, our friends, our spouses, or anyone that you haven't forgiven? I believe, guys, when we start to forgive one another, there will be restoration in your families, in your friends, in your school, in your workplace, anywhere there would be restoration. So let's forgive one another, all right? Awesome. Let's give a clap for Jesus. <laughs> all right. The second thing we can do to give our hearts to others is we can give our time to listen and empower. As we, the family of Christ in this church, I know that as relational beings, we cannot live alone. We need each other to go about on this life. And giving our time to listen and empower each other is a very powerful thing. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Giving someone the time, giving your time to someone to listen to their problems, to listen to their uh, problems is a very powerful thing. Because I believe for us to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. And sometimes people just want our, uh, our time so they can share. They don't need our opinions, but they just need our ears. So how we can give our hearts to others is we can give it through our time to listen and empower them. The thirdly we can do is we can do by giving our money. And uh, first of all, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. But this is on the NIV translation. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So now I encourage us to stay sensitive to what the Spirit is saying in our hearts. If the Spirit is asking you to give to the church, then give to the church. Because it is a sign where we, trust our, we entrust our money to God so He can provide for our life. And it will help the ministry. Or when God asks us, to give our money to someone else, to help the people around us. Don't be afraid to give away our money because God will provide. I have a story uh, about my mom. My mom is a generous giver. And uh, somehow I just see it in her way of life because every single week I just hear stories of her helping someone in need because she feels the compassion and the spirit calling her to help them. And it's not just like a one-time thing. It was like every single week, I always hear stories of her helping somebody. And what's amazing is that she doesn't only help somebody when she's blessed, but there are times where she was also in need, but God asked her to do something, to give to someone. And what's amazing is that I've seen God provide for her life, provide for our family countless and countless and countless of times because she stayed obedient to what God wants. To love him is to love others. So right now we can love others by also giving our money. And lastly, what we can do is to give our time to serve. Serve in others and also serve in this church. Mark, 10, uh, Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for money. So what is serving like? Well, we can look into ourselves. What is the resources that we have? When you have the time to serve, then serve in church. When you have your talents, maybe like the musicians to play music, the bass, the guitar, the drums, the piano, use it. Use your talents for the church. If you have, uh, all, right, all right, yeah, if you have the money to give, then serve by giving. There's so many different things we can do for the church, for others, for us to fellowship. Let's us ask Jesus what we can do to help the church, to help serve. You know, because we understand that Jesus has given everything for us, and now it is our turn to give everything to the people around us and to give our everything to him. And I love how the scripture doesn't identify the requirements for giving. The scripture doesn't identify when we are blessed, when we have enough money, when we have enough resources. The scripture doesn't say when we have the free time, I'm going to give it to the church. The church, uh, the Bible doesn't describe that we need to be at a certain age, we need to be at a certain maturity to start giving our hearts to others. What we can do is we can start it to give our life to others, to give our lives to Jesus right now, right now. And I believe that when we give ourselves to others and to Jesus, God will provide for everything. And wow, amazing. And as I close, I have this story, a personal story in my life where I just found uh, the grace of Jesus to be so great in my life. And it was a few months ago, after my birthday, I was praying. And I was like, Jesus, what can I do today? What can I do for you today? What do you want me to do for the rest of the year? And I just heard uh, when I was talking to him, not heard uh, verbally, but in my heart, God was asking me to give 25% of my income to the church. And I was like, okay, I asked maybe too much, Lord. <laughs> and, uh, but, but yeah, the Lord just asked to give 25% of my income to the church for the next one year. And it's a shocking thing, and it's a scary thing. But in my life, for the past three months has been the months where I can see that God has provided for me abundantly. Where I had, uh, we had a struggle in our family where we were thinking, uh, how do we get our money for my tuition fee? And somehow God provided for it. And there's just countless and countless of times where God provided for my needs, for my family needs. And in that moment, I realized that when we start to be obedient to God, when we start to give our hearts to others and to God genuinely, He will never fail us. He will always provide for us. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more to bless it is more to bless to give than to receive. So today, I want to encourage us to have this heart of giving. And it's a simple step. We just need to give our hearts to God and give our hearts to others. And when we can do both of those, we can love others and we can love God, we will adopt this attitude of the heart, which is a heart 
of giving. And I believe that in our fellowship today, we would become Christians that would impact generations after generations after generations because we have a genuine heart to give our life to others and to give our life to Jesus Christ. All right, awesome. Let's give a clap for Jesus Christ. And let's, I want to invite everyone to stand up as we close in prayer. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. We thank you for today. We thank you for this message, Lord, where we learned how to have a heart of giving, Lord, where we need to give our hearts to you and we need to give our hearts to others. And today, Lord, I want to pray. Uh, we want to pray, Lord. We want to give our hearts to you, Lord. We want to give our everything, our time, our energy, what we think about, what we do in this life, Lord. Please help us, Lord. We ask for your power so we can glorify your name, so we can reflect who you are, Lord. And we also need your power for us to give our hearts to others. Because there will be times where you will position us in places where we need to give to people who might have hurt us, who we might have not forgiven, Lord. But Lord, please give us a heart, your heart, Lord, your heart for the people. And right now, if there's any, anyone in our lives, Lord, that we haven't forgiven yet, Lord, we need your power to forgive those people, Lord, for us to forgive those people. Because we can't forgive it with our own power. But through your power, Lord, we believe that we can forgive others and we can give our hearts to others. And Lord, we pray, Lord, with whatever resources we have right now, it doesn't matter if we're young or we're old. Lord, please talk to us. What can we do to give our life to you? What can we do to give our life to others, Lord. Lord, we want to keep our ears open to the voice of your Holy Spirit. Talk to us throughout this day, throughout this week, so we can be an extension of your hand, Lord. We can be an extension of your grace and of your kindness and your love to the people around us. We thank you for today. We thank you for this blessed community, and we thank you for this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. How many of you are blessed with the Word of God? Amen. Such a powerful message, right? I believe, I believe uh, that is a message not only for young people but for all of us. Amen. Um, uh, the Bible says in Proverbs, I was like,